Parshas B'Shalach is most famous for the miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf, the splitting of the Red Sea, or the Sea of Reeds. Now, when the Torah describes this miracle, which it does in great detail, if one looks and listens closely, one will notice an interesting shift in the Torah's language when describing the miracle. That's because when describing the way the Bnei Israel traversed the miraculously paved path in the Yamsuf on foot, the Torah first states that they entered Bisochayam Bayabasha, in the midst of the sea on dry land. But then, when describing it again, the Torah states that they walked Bayabasha Bisochayam, on the dry land in the midst of the sea, switching the order of the words. Now the first question is, why would the Torah need to state the same basic idea twice? And the second question is, if it is in fact the same idea, is there perhaps a significant difference between Besochayam Bayabasha and Bayabasha Besochayam? Does the order matter? And why would the Torah change the order in the middle? Moreover, when describing how the water solidified into a wall, there is yet another seeming redundancy and yet another shift in language. And that's because the Torah states more than once that the water became a choma, or a wall, on both their right side and their left side. Thus the repetition, However, in the subsequent reference to this miracle, the Torah changes the spelling of the word choma to spell it deficiently, without the letter Vav. The question is, does that deficiency matter? We'll answer all of these questions as we enter another dimension, one not only of Pshat, but of Remez, Drash, and Sod, a journey into a mystifying paradise of Parsha and imagination, which we call the Parsha Pardes. Welcome to the Parsha Pardes, or Parsha Paradise, here at the database with Rabbi Shio Eisenberg, where we are looking at the miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf and Parsha Spashalach, and we are looking specifically at the seeming repetition and yet the shift, the change in order, the change in slight spelling. And the question is, how do we resolve all of this? And in fact, there are answers that are suggested. I'll peep shot, we'll see I'll peep remez, and of course, we'll address it from the angle of sod. But before I do, I'll just mention, as we do frequently, that anyone who enjoys the shiurim and wants to contribute to partner up with us and you enjoy the cause here, so you can just reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data than base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. If you want to make some kind of sponsorship, any kind of dedication, just reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. So now let's go back to our questions. How do we account for the change in phraseology and the changing in the spelling of the word? So... As far as the second question goes regarding the spelling of the word Choma, so we have Alpip Shat, the Natsiv, who comments that when the Torah writes the word Choma without a Vav, that's implying that the water was no longer serving as a protective wall against the Egyptians. Apparently, the first time that the Torah states that the water became a wall, became a Choma, that time it had a letter Vav, that was a reference to the fact that the, the water was protecting them against the Egyptians who may have tried to attack them from the side. Therefore, on their right and their left side, the walls um, were surrounding them. Now, at this point, says the Nitziv, the Egyptians were already dead. 
So what was the purpose of the water becoming into a wall? So here it says the Nitziv, the Torah is communicating that the water merely remained stable and hard like a wall and did not pour back out into its natural position. So in this vein, what the Torah is simply say, stating is with the deficient word Choma, it's stating that the wall did not revert, that the water did not revert to its natural course. However, the Nitziv also cites a drusha to explain the shift in spelling, a drusha and a remez, really, that's also cited by the Vilnagon and the Balaturim. And the three of them all point out that the deficient spelling of the word Choma can be read as Chema, which means anger or wrath, suggesting that there was some force of anger directed at the Bnei Yisrael. So why should anyone be angry at the Bnei Yisrael? So the Villanagon suggested two related reasons. The first was that Hashem's attribute of strict justice was actually questioning the worth of the Bnei Yisrael. Upon seeing the Mitzrayim suffering from divine justice, so the Midas Hadin essentially asked, what's the difference between this party and that party? Halalu avdei vodazara v'halalu avdei vodazara. All of these were um, idolaters, so why are we saving one party over the other? The second suggestion that the Vilnagon offers is, once again, related, and this is also found in the Balaturim, and that is that when the Torah states that the water became a wall, choma, but really it means chayma, the chayma was being expressed against pesel micha, the idol or the image of Micha, which appears much later in Navi and Shoftim, that apparently the waters wanted to come back crashing down because it sensed the Pesel Micha traveling through. And the, the Baal explains this in light of a Pasuk in Zechariah, which the Medrash quotes, the Shemos Rabbah in Mem Aleph Aleph, the Avar Bayam Tzara, the Pasuk in Zechariah in Yod Yod Aleph states, and misfortune will pass through the sea. And says the Balaturim, if you look at the Sofe Tevos of the Avar by Yam Tzara, Reish Memhe Rama, which is actually a word that appears in the Azyashir, which describes how the Egyptians were hurled around. But the word here says the Balaturim has the same gematria, Rama shares a gematria with Pesalmicha, that perhaps the waters wanted to hurl the Pesalmicha. Now, simple question is where do we get off mentioning Pesalmicha? That image was not even invented yet. However, the Vilnagon explains that when it comes to Avodah the Iker is the Machshava, and apparently there was within the Bnei Israel a Machshava for Avodah And it was latent, it was dormant, until eventually it came out. And in the times of Micha, in the times of the Shoftim, that's when the Pesel Micha came to be. And this, says the Vilnagon, can help us explain the difference of and says the Vilna Gon the first time that it says the words So which with, with according to either approach you give in the Vilna Gon, it works out. The first party of people were from the Sheva Yehuda, we have Nachshon and Ben Aminadav, the people that had faith in Hashem. They went They went right into the sea before it even became dry land. And when they went it became Yabasha. However, the latter party, the people who did not have Amuna, 
And says the Vilna Gon, the latter party was also Shevet Dun, all the way at the back. Shevet Dun, they were the ones, the main perpetrators of Pesel Micha. They, they, they worshipped the same image. They only went by Abasha Basel Chayam. They only went into the sea when they saw that it was dry land. They did not have a Muna. And against them, this Chayma was being um, expressed. Thus, we have a little combination of Remez and Drash to explain the difference. Now we move over to Sod, and we have a Zohar. Zohar in Chelek Gimel, Kuf Ches Amad Beis. The Zohar discusses the concept of Bate Arechoma, houses in a walled city, a topic that appears at the very end of Sefer Vayikra, which has its own set of halachos. However, the Zohar explains the concept of Bate Arechoma al Sod, where he suggests that these houses in walled cities, they refer to the houses of Torah. And the walls serve to protect that which houses the Torah. And this idea, explains the Zohar, is what the Torah refers to when it describes the sea in our Pasuk, which stood up like walls. That the sea stood up like walls. These were walls housing the Torah. So what's the connection? So to answer that question, all we need to do is simply ask ourselves, for what purpose did the water stand up and form walls on that day? And if, for some reason, that same water would become angry, what would have caused that anger? So think about it, and there's your answer. Why did the water stand up? The water stood up to protect the people who would eventually host Hashem's Torah. That was their schus, that they would become living houses for the Torah. But those who have and would eventually serve Avodah a clear about-face to Hashem's Torah, of course they would be worthy of divine wrath. And so what this tells us is that we have to prioritize ourselves with Amunah and Bitachon and Hashem, trusting only in Hashem and the will of Hashem's Torah, and not Chas Vashem going in the opposite direction, waiting to see if it's going to benefit us to serve Hashem's Torah, or maybe, maybe it'll benefit us to serve idols. I don't know, we'll find out later. Anything like that is worthy of divine wrath. But on the contrary, we should be Zoha to have that Amun and Batachon, to be hosts for Hashem's Torah, someone for whom Hashem would be willing to split the sea for us, to bring us towards our Geulah, the Meher Have a wonderful Shabbos, and thank you for joining us here at the database.